Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. A recent article out of the United Kingdom says that if the current trend continues, that by the 2060s, marriage will be practically non-existent in the United Kingdom. I wonder if that's true for the rest of the world, and if so, even if it's just UK, why? Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. Kimberly, things are changing when it comes to marriage. Absolutely. Worldwide. Worldwide, absolutely. I have several different graphs pulled up on my phone to to look at just that. You know, in in this graph, and we may put a screenshot of it up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, but we see that across United States, different parts of Asia, different parts of Europe, Australia, even uh, different parts of the South America, that marriage is on the decline. And as we look at it, In the 1940s, 1950s was really the height of marriage in America. Once the, uh, I don't know if this was the CDC that started recording marriages or what other outfit in America started recording it, but it was about 14 marriages per 1,000 people at its height. Now we're down to being about six and a half marriages per 1,000 people. So marriages are at half of the amount that they used to be when marriage is at its height. When we also look at the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, and how psychologists defined marriage during those eras, they defined it as a commitment-based marriage, that people who were married during that time, they were committed to staying in the marriage to do what was best for the family. But when we start to look at the later 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, Actually, the type of marriage that people were entering into, according to psychology, changed to something called expressive individualism. And in expressive individualism, it states that this is the type of marriage where someone is only in it as long as it makes them happy. And that's a huge shift. Mm-hmm. It's a shift from I'm going to stay and do what's best to I'm going to follow my heart and do what makes me happy. Now, I I asked this of our team when we were presenting this during uh, our Marriage Helper Team Week a couple of weeks ago. Why do you think that is? What do you all think led to this huge downturn that divorces started increasing and marriages started decreasing? And you know what it is, I believe. Maybe our listeners might not. What did our group say? Well, many many of them said women just start, started to work outside the home. That was one answer. Um, I I don't really remember what the other answers were. They were all wrong. <laughs> now, the perspective I have is not from psychology and not from statistics. It's from having lived through that era. Mm. I mean, I lived through the 50s and 60s, and of course, I'm still living here in the 20s of, of the next century. But the attitude of people toward themselves changed in the 60s. Mm. In the 1950s, it was still all about honor do the right thing, those kinds of things. And if you didn't do the right thing, you were embarrassed or even ashamed that you didn't. In the 1960s, it began to change over to the me 
generation, mm-hmm. where it's really all about me. Make me happy and everything is good. And so we evolved into a culture, at least from my observation, that was really not about committing to other people because that meant that you might owe them something. It meant that you might need to be there for them when you didn't want to be. And so the change became, as we've already said, I'm going to make me happy. And the minute I'm not happy, I'm going to go do something else. And when that began to take over as the main philosophy of life, at least here in America, obviously I was not traveling much in the 50s and 60s. But as that became the main philosophy here in America, everything began to change. All kinds of commitments began to go away. People would take their credit cards on up massive amounts of debt and then feel like, "Mm, I don't need to pay that off. I'll just declare bankruptcy and start all over again. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin or wrong to to declare bankruptcy. Don't misunderstand. But when people do it frivolously, like I I can just fill up all this debt and then go. I actually know of a a business class at a Christian university where they taught the students, uh, get as much debt as you can, carry as much debt as you can. And then when you die, there'll be no way to collect it. And you still got all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was all about me, me, me. And if you mm-hmm. watch online occasionally, you'll see people say, I figured out how to get extra things from Chick-fil-A or Hardee's. I figured out how to get extra things at the restaurant. And, and I've noticed that people only say, cool, boy, I know that's cheating the company, but that's getting me what I want. Let me get it. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you see somebody say, you're stealing. And people will respond, who cares? I'm getting what I want. Mm-hmm. Now, Uh, Several years ago, I was talking to Dr. Daniel Boone. He's actually a descendant of the real Daniel Boone, the one that was the uh, pioneer. And we were talking about medicine because he's a physician. And I said, wow, with the advances that medicine has made over the last hundred years, I can't begin to imagine what it's going to do over the next hundred years. And he said, well, it won't make much difference because society, in his opinion, society is going to decline so much that it's going to be chaos out there. And now when I watch the news and read the newspaper and, and see what's going on out there, I think more and more that his prediction is becoming correct. Society is becoming chaotic. And why is it? It's the me generation. I want to do what makes me happy now. And if I'm not happy, you've got to do something to make me happy. You owe me. I don't owe you anything, but you owe me. And I think that that attitude has gotten to the point where a lot of people just live together because now... I can leave any time I want to. Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain it once to Dave Ramsey, the financial guru. He, I was on his program with him, and he said, "What's the? how can I basically understand people that want to live together as opposed to people that want to get married? And so because I know how he thinks, I said, well, there's a difference in the mindset of renters and buyers. And he said, I get it. I immediately get it. Yeah. So what is the answer statistically or psychologically? Oh, so the I kind of got ahead of myself. Marriage rates have declined. When we look at divorces, we see that the height of divorce was happening in the 70s, actually late 70s, early 80s. I mean, it just spiked and it went down from from there. And so you tend to hear people say, well, divorces are declining. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, yes, from when they were at their height in the 80s, which was when, here's the answer to the question, Ronald Reagan passed the law as the president of no-fault divorce. So now divorces were easier to have. You didn't have to have justification. There didn't have to be adultery or anything like that. 
to justify a divorce, you could just have them. And that is when divorces spiked to their highest. And it was at this same time that you were talking about of this expressive individualism, this me movement. So now there's this opportunity to get out of a marriage. That's when it was at its height. From then, of course, it went down. But we're actually seeing over the past couple of years, it's beginning to trend back up. So not only are people getting married, that trend has gone down, but divorces have not gone down to the level of the amount that marriages have gone down, right? So actually, this is, and so all of this is the mathematical formula, so to say, of why marriage is disappearing in the UK specifically and around the world, of course. I mean, even in Mexico, we're seeing divorces skyrocketing. And so we look at this and say, based just what you said, people are not wanting to commit. They're wanting to be happy and want others to make them happy. And it's scary. Psychologists and researchers are looking at this and saying, this could be the end of human existence because people stop committing. They stop having strong family units. They eventually, I mean, this is a different topic, but people who aren't getting married and who aren't cohabitating are becoming less sexual and reproducing at a lower rate. I believe now we're reproducing at a lower rate than we've ever have before. So people are having less children than they used to have. And so mathematically looking forward, there's a big concern of what's going to happen to the future of society. Mm-hmm. I know women who in their 20s and 30s are getting hysterectomies. Well. Wow. So they won't have children. So they won't have children. Yeah. And even when they do have children, you and I know that the statistics there are pretty bad in the sense that if they divorce, they have a couple of divorces, then the likelihood of the children when they grow up and if they get married, the likelihood mm-hmm. of them divorcing is strategically or significantly, I should say, higher Absolutely. than people who grew up in homes that were intact. And so they're more likely to divorce, which makes it more likely that their children will divorce. And we also know that from the statistics, from the studies, that what percentage of of, uh, dads have little to nothing to do with their children? After the first year of divorce, 25% of of dads, one out of four, no longer have contact with their kids. And after 10 years, it's 50%. Have little to nothing to do with their children. Little to nothing to do with their children. And so kids are growing up without father figures. Mm -hmm. They're growing up... Because dad didn't have enough commitment to say, I need to be here for my children. Mm-hmm. So not only not lack of commitment to the spouse, but lack of commitment to the people that you actually bring into existence. Like, they'll be okay. I'll send them some money. They'll be fine. And the more interdependent society becomes, the more selfish and arrogant it becomes, where that now everybody owes me. And so if I hit you, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. You did something that made me hit you. But if you hit me, it's your fault still mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't do anything to make you hit me and I deserve that you treat me better. And as a matter of fact, even if you don't hit me, you owe me for the fact that somebody hit me earlier. And and it's totally moving toward that kind of selfishness. Now, I'm convinced that there are enough good people out there to reverse this trend. If people would start taking responsibility for their decisions, because if I get married and think I can just leave anytime I want to, then we're not going to work through the tough times. Or if we're not going to get married, we're just going to cohabitate, then obviously I really can leave just anytime I want to. And it's nothing about me maturing and making commitments to relationships. And I'm convinced if uh, they're saying this could be the end of humanity. 
I don't think that's just because of the lack of procreation. I think it's because of the fact we're destroying each other. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to commit. You can't even defend a country unless the people in that country commit to defend itself. You understand? It's, it's got to be that we start realizing that unions are important, that they're never going to be perfect, never going to satisfy everything that I want. But the unions are important, and we all have to contribute to that, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a community, whether it's an army, whatever it might be. And it certainly can't continue to deteriorate, and we expect that our children are going to have good lives. I saw a sign the other day that said, slow down and save children's lives. And then under that it said, or better still, don't have them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we're living in a culture where that marriage is falling apart. Now you say, well, what should we do? Individually, you make a decision that you're not going to live with somebody who doesn't want to marry you. I mean, if they're not willing to marry you, if you're living with them, it's just for convenience sake. And it's not really about deep love, making a promise that you'll be together for the rest of your life. And if you're thinking, well, who wants to do that anymore? People that want stability, people that want to maturate, to mature in and of themselves, people who want to know that there's somebody there for them always, no matter what, people that when they do have children, know that they can raise those children in an environment where that these kids can have integrity. And as they grow older, they can have a positive, great influence on society rather than let it all just go where it wants to go and let's see where it winds up. And as my grandmother would say, that if we do that, we all wind up going to hell in a handbasket. That's right. And at Marriage Helper, the way that we are doing that is by helping to save the marriage, which makes the strong backbone of a family unit. And I can tell you that our team is passionate to do just that. And one of the ways that we do that, that we help people to save their marriage and have a strong family because of that is through our Save My Marriage program. And for our podcast listeners, you can actually get 25% off your first month by going to marriagehelper.com slash podcast. In that Save My Marriage program, we are going to teach you the seven steps that you need to take to rescue your marriage. And the first three of them are the ones that you can do completely by yourself. You don't need to wait for your spouse to get on board. We also have a community of people in there of our coaches, our certified coaches. We have support calls that you can join to help get clarity on the questions that you are dying to get answers to. We have created an amazing support system for you in there. We would love for you to join marriagehelper.com slash podcast gets you 25% off that first month. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Relationship Radio. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sending it to a friend, a family member, a coworker, anyone who you think might need to hear it. If you scroll to the bottom of the show notes, you'll find any promos that we're running at the time of your listening. Please consider subscribing to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And remember, there is always hope. We'll see you in the next episode.